Reel on Reels, Episode 17, Tenacious D in the Pick of Destiny, Better Than Citizen Kane. Hello, everybody. It's your favorite podcast, Reel on Reels. I'm Rob. And I'm Jeremiah. Your favorite podcasters. And we're here to talk about the greatest movie in the world by the authors of the greatest song in the world. Well, it was just a tribute. Oh. But the movie, of course, as you heard, is Tenacious D and the Pick of Destiny. In the Pick of oh, Destiny. Oh, in the Pick of Destiny. My bad. Very important distinction, Rob. Um, bite me. So this is a film. This is the culmination. It came out in 2006. Which it seems more recent than that, but this yeah. the the pick of destiny was the culmination of the career of the legendary band known as Tenacious D, which is composed of the legendary Jack Black and the even more legendary <laughs> Kyle Gass, the Rage Cage, the Rage Cage, yes, Jables and the Rage Cage, Jables and the Rage Cage. And we're we're big fans of Tenacious D, obviously. Yeah, have been for a long time. So this. Um, this is just going to be a lot of fun. Not just the music. We've been fans of the HBO series. Yep. Um, the cartoon that they just released, uh, quote unquote animated movie. Yeah. <laughs> I like that you call it a quote unquote animated movie. Well, it's just still because... shots of drawings that they made. <laughs> yeah. We uh, we call it an animated film very generously. Yeah. It's, a ser- it's a series of still shots, very yeah. crappily hand drawn by Jack Black and Kyle Gass <laughs> themselves. And uh, it's funny. Yeah, it's called uh, Post Apocalypto. Post Apocalypto. Which is the name of their album, which they also did with The Pick of Destiny. Um, the soundtrack to that movie was their album. Their follow-up right. to their, oops, the follow-up to their debut album. Um, the long-awaited follow-up. I couldn't wait for a second album. Yeah. Um, their Their first album which was just called Tenacious D came out in 2001. Yeah. And then between that time they were they had a six episode HBO show. Right. Um which was very similar to this movie. Um the movie the movie centers around Jables, Jack Black, <laughs> and Rage Cage, Kyle Gass. Uh Ky- or it starts off with Jack Black as a little kid, rebellious, stands up against his dad who's played by Meatloaf. And this is a musical, by the way. It's a musical set to the music of Tenacious D. Yeah, yeah, this is the first musical that we've done. Yeah. And it was fitting to be our first musical. Right. There there's no no other one that would have been more fitting right. for you and I. And yeah, so this movie is about them uh Jables moves he runs away from home when he's a little kid. Dio in uh a hallucinatory moment sings to JB that he needs to go to Hollywood. And it takes him many years because <laughs> he doesn't get, <laughs> by the time he gets to Hollywood, he's Jack Black. Yeah. The next time you see him, he is, yeah, he's an adult. Um, so. And then he meets KG shortly afterwards, who's like playing, he's busking on the street and uh, they form a friendship eventually. And the crux to the movie in this case is they, A, need to pay their rent, B, need to write a new song for the open mic night competition that's coming up. Yeah, so this is all pretty much drawn from the HBO series where they're trying to find their inspirado, is what right, they call right. it. In the, in the 
um, <clears throat> excuse me, in the HBO series, they need to pay their rent. That's also the crux of the tribute song. <laughs> um, and yeah, so this is kind of like a reimagining. It's kind of yeah, like you said, a culmination of all these things that they've done. Um, and this is also kind of like a a prequel to the song, the greatest song in the world, tribute. Yeah, that was something that you pointed out to me today when we rewatched it um, that I hadn't actually thought of before. Yeah. Because at the end of the movie, they're talking about how the Beelzebub song, which is the big epic showdown. Between Satan and yeah, Satan, the duo. Satan played by Dave Grohl yeah. in uh, just a hilarious turn. And his voice, his gruff voice works so well for Satan. Like you wouldn't think that until you actually see him doing it and it's like, yeah, that works really well. Actually, yeah. I think, well, it wasn't even, I don't think a turn. I think he, he played the devil in the tribute music video too. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Cause he also played drums and stuff. Yeah. On he played drums. Like, he's played drums in all their albums. He's yeah. toured with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think when they've toured with Foo Fighters, I think they've had a fill in drummer, but, um, but yeah, they, there's a close relationship there. I'm sure that has a little bit to do, not to take anything away from their talent, but that probably has something to do with, just the fact that they've been able to get, you know, some good gigs and it's probably helped their, their popularity to some extent. Yeah. Um, and this is not the first movie that the D has appeared in. Did you know that? Uh, I do know that. Yes. They, Biodome. Yes. They played in Biodome. With Polly yeah, Shore. Polly Shore's that. Biodome. They were uh, environmentalist activist. Uh, yeah. That was back in what? Late 90s? Singers. Yeah. Yeah. Or no. No. I think it was early 90s. Mid was it mid nineties? Really? Maybe was it like, no, it was, yeah, it's probably mid nineties. Biodome, really? Hmm. Yeah, that was about they because I think they formed in like ninety three or ninety four or something. Probably oh, really? should double check that, but <laughs> yeah, I'll look it up as we as you talk as you talk. Right. Keep going. Yeah, so Jack Black and Kyla Gass actually met in um, an acting class. That's um well known to uh, tenacious D super fans as uh, as ourselves. It's a uh, bit of legendary lore they um the whole their whole like shtick is based on the fact that like jack 96. black oh nice okay that was when biodome came out yeah yeah so jack black met kyle gas and like he was um he's this like very boisterous <clears throat> performer obviously like just drips passion for rock and roll and he's a, a really actually a talented singer yeah. good songwriter but he met Kyle Gass and he was this great guitar player, like really underappreciated guitar right. player. Still is to this day, but um So yeah, this movie's like it's that but it's exaggerated. Right. They took their real life meat <clears throat> story, added Satan, yeah, <laughs> and exaggerated the hell out of it. Yes. So th- it's interesting. They appeared for like I don't know, like maybe 10 seconds in Biodome. Yeah, it was that. it was very brief. And 10 years later they star in their own movie yeah it's kind of an interesting story because it's crazy this movie it was budgeted at like i've seen estimates of like 35 million yeah and um, such a small kind of band like tribute was a big hit but i mean it was still kind of comedy rock yeah it's still it's not like huge it's not mainstream by any means yeah yeah it's not like adam sandler became famous because he wrote that song about a crappy car you know what i mean like he became famous because of hanukkah song was i would say partially 
Okay, yeah, fair enough. Responsible um, for his success. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say like entirely plot responsible, but yeah, it's a, it's just a weird it's a it's a rare echelon where you It's a different kind of comedy. Yeah, it's very that's true. it's it's very raunchy sexual. It's over the top. Um it's Tenacious, Jack Black. Tenacious you know. D's comedy. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> it's not like Adam Sandler I would say he's raunchy sometimes, but yeah. it's not as it's a little different. So that's a good point too given that given his style um you know, it is it is odd that he and en- they ended up somehow. And I'm sure it was largely on the strength of you know the fact that he had already been in School of Rock in 2004, and like right. he was a rising star. Oh yeah, he was huge. Making by the time like School of Rock was. Yeah, he was making like 12 million a movie, mm-hmm. and he took a salary of only a million for The Pick of Destiny, and he split that with Kyle Gass actually. Oh okay, yeah. Um, so use the rest for the effects and stuff. So this was a yeah, this was a passion project. Um, and we'll talk more about the fa- the effects later, but uh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's just it's nice to see. This is movie. This movie is kind of. I just appreciate the fluke that it is. Like that, it kind right. of shouldn't been made. Shouldn't have been made. It was based on like a failed TV series. It had like six episodes, and um, with, especially with the budget that it had, and it feels like a a love letter to the fans. Yeah, and uh, a TV series that was made years before that. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That's it's just crazy because that series came out in like what. It came out before yeah. their album. It was like yeah. 2000 or something. Yeah. I mean, it's no wonder that this movie flopped. Tenacious D and the Pick of Destiny. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it was marketed very well, partially. That's I think it's partially the issue, but... Well, I think um, it's because there's a barrier of entry a little bit. Yeah, that's true. You have to kind of know the band to really get the movie. Yeah. Even even the title alone is kind of... Like, nobody know. Like, if you're not already a fan, you don't really know what that's about. Like, right. what that, like why you should care about it. Like, you... If it had if people had seen it as more of just like a general like rock and roll movie, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Which yeah. is what it is. It's a celebration of rock. Like, yeah, it's like Pink it Floyd the should, wall. Yeah. It should ap- appeal to a wider audience. I think it does appeal to a wider audience. Yeah. It's just that so many people haven't, I don't know, discovered it. I don't know if that sounds pretentious, but it's just, uh, that's kind of how I feel about them. Like I think their, their music is really good. I mean, we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves here, but <laughs> yeah. Um, um, but yeah, the movie basically they find out that all of the world's greatest rock guitarists have been using the same yes. pick. They 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 seem to be the first people to discover this on the cover of yeah. magazines. Yeah, Kyle Gass is the first person to notice that they're all using yeah. the same pick. So they go to Guitar Center <laughs> to find this pick because they just think it's something you could buy off the shelf. <laughs> and yeah, Ben Stiller is the guy that helps them. And the first guy they ask about it. This is the very first person they've talked to about this this this, yeah, this, this discovery, <laughs> and this guy is has been researching it. He's the foremost expert of the pick of destiny in the entire world, and uh, he takes him into a back room and he starts whispering and he tells him it was last seen with Angus Young and the guitar he used. It was last seen with was uh, sold to the Rock and Roll History Museum or whatever. Yeah, and he's got a he's got a his lighter in a dark room, even though. <laughs> yeah. There's like a light switch and Kyle Gass is like, oh, I'll just turn on the light switch. He's like, don't, yeah. don't do that. And then yeah. he turns it on. And he's there's like, so many cameos. Okay, in this. Ben Stiller was one of the producers of this movie. Oh, okay. I didn't know yeah. that. And, but there's so many cameos like in small parts, like Jason Siegel from I Love You Man. <laughs> Jason Siegel. Uh, Jason uh, Siegel is an extra. Forgetting Sarah Marshall. He's an extra. He's literally movie. an extra. <laughs> yeah. You can barely tell it's him in the background. <laughs> yeah. And Colin Hanks has a slightly more important role. <laughs> he's a drunk frat guy who throws a beer can at, at yeah. Kyle Gass. And, yeah. And Jason Siegel is a drunk frat guy that watches that frat guy throw the beer can. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle Gass. 
That was Jason Siegel's claim to fame at the time. I watched Colin Hanks <laughs> throw a beer can at a bald man. At a guy who is still at that point slightly more famous than us. Like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> oh, that's, that's great. great. Um, yeah, that's uh, it's really funny. But Amy Adams is an extra in this movie. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Amy Poehler has a nice little cameo. Yeah, she has a little cameo. Um, who else is in this? Oh, oh Tim Robbins. I've, I got, I've got a list here, Rob. Tim Robbins? Yeah, so the open mic night guy at the bar is Paul F. Tompkins, the yep. comedian. Yep. Um, of course, we've mentioned Dave Grohl. Um, yeah, Tim Robbins plays the stranger who tells them exactly how to find the pick of destiny. He yeah. just happens to be at this truck stop diner. Yeah, and it, it's revealed that he uh, once tried to break in to the rock and roll history his, the rock and roll history museum yeah he sounds like Lando Malari from Babylon 5 <laughs> yeah and uh, he tried to do it but a gate closed on his leg and cut his leg off that's why he's limping around with a fake leg like a peg leg right yeah yeah and he's got real bad teeth and yeah yeah uh, yeah Tim Robbins is just he's hilarious hilarious in this movie and uh, oh Fred Armisen is another one he oh plays yeah a, he plays a security guard at the rock and roll history <laughs> yeah. museum and he's like him and the other guy, the other, excuse me, the other guard are shooting at uh, KG and JB as they're trying to get out, doing their power slide out the door. Right, they do a rock slide. Yeah, like a Pete Townsend power slide, and um, they're shooting guns at them for some reason. <laughs> and after they get out, Fred Evans is like, "That's the first time I ever shot a gun before. That was amazing." <laughs> Um, and that that's just even funnier now having watched a bunch of Fred Armisen material like recently like the yeah. Forever show and, stuff and they like were smoke the guards were smoking weed so they were paranoid walking around of course this whole movie is obviously it's a stoner film right because um, Cage and Jables if you're not familiar with the lore of Tenacious D or stoners and, or stoners <laughs> um, they uh, yeah they they smoke uh, copious copious amounts of weed in this and the beginning of the movie and eat mushrooms so at the beginning of the movie there's a little animated thing to uh <laughs> advertise their THX ripoff called THC <laughs> and uh to test it like to sh- show off the the effect they have cage farting in surround sound right and which didn't play on the TV that we were watching no it didn't that didn't play when I saw it in theaters it did yeah, I did not see this in the theater, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, there's like a little animated thing. Did you want to uh, tell a story about the guy who did who did that little animated sequence at the beginning of the movie? Oh yeah, so he is. Oh, you need to look up his. Uh, his name is John K. Something I can't remember. I can't pronounce his last name. I'm not going to look it up. Right. Um, if you if you're that interested, look it up. He was the creator of Ren and Stimpy, um, and he was also the voice of Ren on that show, and. Uh, when I saw his name, I, I, I kind of laughed because he was on a Howard Stern episode one time where, because Billy West, who was the voice of Stimpy, um, was a kind of a sidekick of Howard Stern's th- for uh, a few years, and he would do voices. And, oh, I remember that. Now that you mention it, yeah, I remember that guy. Yeah, and uh, he, at one point, Nickelodeon wanted to uh, make or have uh, Ren and Stimpy uh, animated in Korea to cheapen the process, which is um, what they did for King of the Hill and a bunch yeah. of other shows. And uh, the John K guy, he did not want that to happen because he was the creator. He wanted it all hand drawn because he wanted the artistic integrity still attached. And uh, so Nickelodeon fired him and asked Billy West if he could do the voice of Ren too. And Billy said, "Yeah, I could do that." 
And so <laughs> he stayed on the project, and John Kay was really mad at him and was calling him a backstabber. And long story short, on an episode of Howard Stern Show, they uh, brought in that John Kay guy as a surprise guest and had them confront one another, and it was epic, an epic showdown. Sparks flew, I assume. Yeah. Um, I wonder if there's, there's probably video of that somewhere. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, you know, I used to watch Ren and Stimpy religiously, and I wonder at one po- at what point he took over, because I never noticed any difference in the voice. Well, I mean, Billy Wuss is a master of hmm. voices. He's, so he just imitated the other guys. Yeah, because really, Ren is Pete Lo- Peter Lori. Uh, Peter Lori. Peter Lorre. Um, I'm drawing a blank at the moment. <laughs> a German, or, I, I don't know. He was in some German expressionist films, like M. Oh, uh, okay. But uh, yeah, he sounds a lot like him. Oh wait, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was he it's also? Like you idiot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wasn't he? Was he in uh, the Maltese Falcon? Uh, or? I think he might have been. Yeah. Because there's a guy who has like a voice like that, and yeah. Oh, I, could, I could just be making this up, but well, anyway, Tenacious D. <laughs> so yeah, let's get back to the uh, the topic at hand here. Um, so this is yeah, uh, he was in the Maltese Falcon. Oh uh, yeah, yes, okay, I got the right guy. Good stuff. And Casablanca. Right, 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 right. I mean, the guy was in a million classic movies: <laughs> M, Arsenic and Old Lace, The Lost One, The Man Who Knew Too Much. Nice. Yeah, those uh now that you mention them, yeah, I know exactly who you're talking about. Um but yeah, this uh <laughs> we actually I've had into anticipation for uh talking about this movie this week. We did a song, another song from Tenacious D at karaoke. And yeah, we yeah. we've done tribute a bunch of times before, and that's kind of a it's a common right. karaoke song, but this week we had our DJ that we're friends with download the uh, karaoke version of Kickapoo from yeah, yeah. Tenacious D and the Pick of Destiny. It's the first song in the movie. It's um, kind of the one, the epic that really gets you into it. Yeah, I, yeah. It, it, it tells the story. Yeah, I think it's probably the best song in the album. It's yeah, got the yeah. Dio cameo. It's mm-hmm. got the Meatloaf cameo. Yep. Uh, and Meatloaf plays such a good, like, conservative christian dad type yeah. character he's <laughs> that's hilarious he's, yeah he's it's just really well done you've disobeyed my orders son i swear you're never born why were you ever born oh, why were you ever born <laughs> your brother's 10 times better than you jesus loves him more <laughs> this music <laughs> that you play from us comes from the depths of hell rock and rolls the devil's work he wants, wants you, you to rebel, rebel. yeah you become a mindless puppet because there's a bubble pull the, the strings <laughs> your heart will lose direction and chaos it will bring you better watch your mouth you better watch your tongue <laughs> anyway so stuff like that yeah. I can't, we can't resist people yeah. we, it's it's so much fun but yeah that this movie <laughs> if you're a tenacious d fan it's you know it's great yeah yeah it's they just did such a good job of capturing what's great about about the band and right. at the same time writing a whole bunch of new really good songs and every I mean, scene is like funny yeah kickapoo like, has been stuck in my head all week seriously mm-hmm. like <laughs> ever since we sang it yeah um, every scene in this movie is just funny like yeah yeah there there's very few moments where it's like <laughs> there's not like any humor it, 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 i don't think any of the jokes fall flat 
Yeah. I would, you know, I wish that, um, just thinking about that Dio cameo, I wish that he had been more of like a, he had had other, like popped up in other places, like as like kind of almost like a, an Obi-Wan type yeah. character. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? Cause he's just, he's like this old dude and he's just like, he, he's so cool. He's, he invented the devil horns. Like right. he got that from his grandma, his like Sicilian grandma or whatever. Like, yeah, yeah. It's just so cool. And his little cameo is great. He's just sitting on his throne of awesomeness and telling uh, the young Jables to go and find his uh, his counterpart in Los Angeles, or the yeah. city of fallen angels. Where the um, ocean meets the sand. Yeah. And um, and he goes to Hollywood, uh, Hollywood, Florida first. <laughs> and then he goes to oh, a couple yeah, other Oh, yeah, yeah, because they show the map. <laughs> yeah, they show a map. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, th- this, this movie is really it's funnier than i remember it actually yeah yeah um i had a really good time rewatching it and uh so why don't we uh why don't we go ahead and get into some categories sure. here rob yeah so um what, what would you like to talk about first which category um when we talk about direction direction yeah um it was directed by a person named liam lynch um Did we mention him yet? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Okay. No, no. Go ahead. Uh, he um, co-wrote some of the songs in this. He was the director of the original tribute video from the first album. Um, he was co-writer co- of some of the songs on School of Rock. Um, so he's got a pretty storied credential list. Yeah, he did videos for like um, Queens, Queens of the Stone yeah. Age. And Dave Grohl has played with them too, so that's another connection. Yeah. Um, and even Jack Black even mentioned Josh Hame on uh, Hot Ones because they were on Hot Ones recently, the oh, YouTube yeah. show where they eat hot wings. And uh, he mentioned how like t- he thinks Josh Hame is like one of the greatest guitar players alive, pretty much. Hmm. And uh, so that was interesting too. But um, yes, yeah, so Liam Lynch. All right. Uh, so yeah, the direction. Um, it's also a co-writer of the movie. Yeah, I mean, I didn't find anything too special about it. Mm-hmm. I think it was average direction, so I gave it a seven and a half. Okay, I gave her an eight and a half. Um, Isn't it the guy? Him, I should okay. say. Okay. <laughs> uh, as far as I know, yeah. Uh, but I, yeah, I thought, I just thought that he did a good job of capturing what they were all about. Like, I, I don't think, I mean, a lot of that obviously has to do with the fact that like, you know, Jack Black and Kyle Gass mainly wrote the movie, but it's also, you know, there's a lot of visual elements and just an overall aesthetic that, that matches. Mm. It's like, it's like, this is the Tenacious D show, big budget. And we like kind of, it's almost like they intentionally made it look like they kind of were amateurs in a way. Right. If that makes sense. Mm. Like, you know, they have, they're like. RV obviously lived in apartment. Mm-hmm. Kyle Gass's apartment is like that. That's not a set. There's yeah. no way that's a set. That's <laughs> could be. Um, I mean, it's a really well done if it is, Yeah. but it's just like, it just looks exactly like you would expect a lived in apartment. Like, well, I mean, that would be more, just some, more, like, more art direction, wouldn't it? Well, set that's design. true. Yeah, that is true. He's getting into that a little bit. But. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, and, but I think, you know, just these, these two guys, have he i mean he was dealing with kind of two separate 
because they their their screen time is really well balanced actually and so it's kind of dealing with these two separate like comedic personalities in one movie and but i mean it's mostly together so it's not that hard getting the most out of both of them um there's only a couple scenes where they're separated that is true um but i just think uh i just think he captured i think he captured like the whole like california paradise kind of feel a little Mm. bit too and um with them you know being on the beach and busking on the beach and that whole thing right. and um i wonder whose idea it was to bring in the the clockwork orange reference where the, oh, yeah, the, the gang, droogs yeah the gang that beats up jb is obviously well 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 <laughs> what do we have here i would i would bet money that was liam lynch's idea but, yeah it was hilarious um yeah anyway so well, I, th- I thought it was i thought it was well done had a had a good overall feel. So would you give direction? 8.5. 8.5. Cool. Do you want to talk about acting next? Sure, Rob. Um I mean this is a tenacious D movie. And these guys were tenacious D. There's really like there's the thing I don't know. I gave it. I gave acting an eight point five. I think it um, is good. I think Tenacious D is hilarious in this, Um, but I don't think that there's any other kind of performances that kind of shine through. Mm -hmm. Um, Only because really, there's no other big characters. Everybody kind of drifts in and out. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like Lee. Lee, their fan. They have a fan named Lee. Played Lee, by, Lee, 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 Lee. Yeah, played by J.R. Reed, yeah. Yeah, and he um he's like the kind of the I would say the third wheel to Tenacious D in terms of cast standings. Mm-hmm. He was on the show too. It's the same actor, right? Right, right. Yeah. Um He does a good job of just playing, you know, like that one super fan that every crappy band probably has. You I know? mean, <laughs> he's very over the top. He is, yeah. <laughs> hey, dudes, here's your Zaz. Yeah, he's the pizza delivery guy. Yeah. And they wreck his car, of course. As soon as they borrow his car, you know they're going to wreck that thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, I gave it an 8.2 for acting. So okay. we're pretty close on that. Um, I did think there were the cameos were so well done and of course Kyle Gass and Jack Black are in top form with doing what they do best right and that's that's being over the top and being kind of hammy yes and overacting I mean there were just like facial expressions that Kyle Gass has in this movie that just made me laugh hysterically (laughs) yeah it was so well done right like when he's playing the guitar on the beach and he's just like giving uh Jack Black these really intense looks Yeah, Yeah, yeah yeah He he does a good job of being like a really cocky like manipulator. You right. Know? He's actually this kind of like pathetic guy whose parents pay his rent and like <laughs> he acts like he's like <laughs> the greatest musician of all time. Which yeah. which Jables thinks he is at first because he, he knows, knows Dio. Like, yeah, he claims he knows Dio and all the members of Sabbath and it's there's a, the lots of rock references in this movie. That's one of the yeah. things that I really like about this and School of Rock and you know a lot of stuff that the Jack Black does is that there's all these references mm-hmm. and because he's obviously like a major rock nerd. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so their, their music and everything they do is just dripping with this love of rock mm. and his, um, just his passion comes through so much. Like there's no, I don't know of any like actor who's like an actually good, an a- who's 
actually a good actor who can do like the whole like rock star thing in such an entertaining way. Right. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I guess Jared Leto is kind of more successful version of that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's like a more true. mainstream. I should say not, I guess not more successful, more mainstream. Yeah. Because he does a wider variety of roles, I think. And is, I don't know. I get, he's probably more respected as an actor, I guess. Oh, sure. Not yeah. the biggest Jared Leto fan. No. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, he has kind of like Eddie Vedder esque mannerisms on stage. Yeah. <laughs> and they Jack have, Black. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's um, the acting. I, I, in some ways, the acting carries the movie. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, yeah, it is. We kinda, wouldn't be watching it without. Right. Kyle Gass and yeah. Jack Black. Yeah, they make they make the movie. So, so oh, go ahead. No, uh, we're talking about rock. You want to go to music? Sure. Let's do the music, Rob. This is. Uh, this is what it's all about. Ten. I mean. Ten. Yeah. It's tenacious. Ten for, ten for both of us. Um, Kickapoo is a crazy good song. Beelzebos is a, is the song that tribute. The greatest song in the world. That tribute is about, right. supposedly. And um, there's the, the Pick of Destiny song. Um, yeah. And the metal. The metal and Dude, I Totally Miss You. Yeah. And yeah, there's just, it's just a great album. And punk uh, rock tried to, to destroy the metal. <laughs> I don't remember the next line, but yeah, anyway. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, I don't think it really gets better than that. And they they had some help on some of the songs. It looked like in the credits, um, like we said, yeah. the director helped write Kickapoo and some of the other songs, and then somebody named John King helped write some of the stuff, and somebody else mm-hmm. I think was on the credits too. But um, for the most part, it was purely Tenacious D. Yeah, and they're. Um, you can tell they put a lot of care into making sure that the music is good oh, on, yeah. on their albums and the movies. I mean, it's got to be in this case because it's a musical. And I right. think they, I'll get to with writing, but I think they did a, a good job blending, making it a musical. Yeah. That kind of, you know, I, I don't know. It's kind of hard to describe because it's, sometimes it's a musical, mm-hmm. right? Because sometimes they sing out loud. Yeah, it's interesting because it doesn't, to me, and mo- for most of the time, it doesn't feel like a musical, really. Right, because they're n- they're not like really singing in the scene most of the time. Yeah, and or I th- think not all the time. I mean, but some of the time they do. And I think that's kind of how a musical should be done. Right, and I, in some ways, you know, it kind of reminds me a little bit of um, Walk Hard. Yeah, yeah. And actually, John C. Riley is another. Oh yeah, he's in this. Ca- he plays Sasquatch. <laughs> yeah. He's actually credited as a Sasquatch re- researcher. Yeah, <laughs> Jack Black uh, takes some mushrooms in the forest because he's hungry. Yeah, and um, trips out and meets Sasquatch, who transforms JB into a little sca- his son, his little baby Sas, <laughs> and they go flying. Even though really he's just like and swimming down the r- strawberry yeah. river. <laughs> in real life, he's just floating down this dangerous river where he yeah. could easily drown. He's a rapids. Like climbing up trees, <laughs> um, but he has a he has a real yeah on his way to the rock museum. Yeah, he has this trip, and uh, there's just this the this weird psychedelic tune for the whole, this whole like acid trip scene that you that just kind of comes out of nowhere. It's like a kids TV show theme song. Yeah. Um, papa, um, papa, He's my sassa Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, but yeah, so like the reason I brought up Walk Hard is because that movie is definitely a musical, but 
I think the way the music is integrated into it. I don't know. Would you call Walk the Line a musical? Because I would say Dewey Cox is more of a parody of those films. And I think they're just, are just kind of music centric dramas. Because like, it's not point. really. Or Crazy not, Heart even maybe. Crazy Heart still. Crazy Heart is kind of like a drama about. Right. It's not like Jeff Bridges is sitting around singing about the woes of being a musician while like not on stage like when he's in his hotel room singing right you know what i mean like that's a good point it, it well it's it's an interesting actually this is more interesting than i initially thought because it is kind of tenacious d does have like a different kind of take on things like it's not like some of the scenes are are just pure fantasies right right but they're performing on stage mm-hmm. so it's like it's a fantasy about being a rock star um so it's like, yeah, it's not it's not the way a musical normally is. But like the beginning, where, Kickapoo is definitely a musical. Like, yeah, when, yeah, when yeah. Meatloaf comes in, they and switch starts, back and forth. Yeah, and then um, the part like when Jack Black sings "I'm Just a Baby" um, during after yeah. "Do I Totally Miss You." That's part. That part's like a musical um, style mm-hmm. where he's singing it um, within the reality of the movie. Right, and Classico is such a good musical like moment because it's like it's being filmed as a musical at that point right but you don't feel like you're watching a musical like it just feels like there's these two guys bonding you know over this yeah tasty classic guitar riff (laughs) yeah i would say it's a successful blend of musical and kind of comedy and action yeah yeah there's that nice car chase scene with a with a good song to go along with car chase city (laughs) yeah and um let's rock let's roll great song (laughs) yeah um so yeah we're we're, what were we on music there still oh yeah okay we could uh, we could go on but yeah we're giving it (laughs) tens what do you want to do writing next sure um writing i think again i I kind of put the music into this too because it's since it is like a hybrid musical um the story of the music I would say is included in this. So I would give it an eight, but I would say my score is lowered a little bit because it's a very kind of standard story. Um, and it's also kind of, it doesn't tread really any new ground besides the pick of destiny itself. And like when I saw this, I was initially, when I first saw this, I was initially disappointed because it was like more of a remake of the Tenacious, or the HBO series in a sense yeah a loose remake i felt a real felt pretty much the same way when i first saw it i think and um i I still kind of feel that but it makes sense to me right because nobody saw the hbo show yeah i think it really is which is again why it's it's kind of a weird anomaly and really worth revisiting because it is like i said earlier kind of like a love letter to the fans like a big budget love letter to the fans that sh- probably shouldn't have had that kind of a budget. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. Um, so it's just kind of a weird anomaly. Jack Black's name got that budget. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. And they were able to, um, to spend probably <laughs> an amount of money on effects that probably still wasn't worth it. Yeah. There's some, <laughs> there's some dated CGI in this, but there's also some good practical effects too. Yeah, I mean the car, the stunts during the car chase scene yeah, are pretty cool. Them sliding down the stairs on a, a full stack, yeah. Marshall full stack. Yeah, another tobogganing downstairs movie. Yeah. Um. So yeah, 
that so what, what were we on here? Oh, screenplay, screenplay. We're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit. So yeah, I give it a one, eight point one on screenplay. Also, okay. uh, so almost the same as you. Um, so yeah, we felt very similarly about the screenplay that it it does have a kind of um, standard comedy kind of like standard buddy comedy kind of right. feel. Um, you know, it, like it feels almost formulaic. Almost, it's almost there. Yeah, it's like it's kind of like. Maybe if Dumb and Dumber wasn't a thing, it wouldn't feel formulaic. But you know what I mean. Yeah, like it's yeah. it's in that kind of vein. Not that I don't like movies like that. I mean, yeah. formulaic's not I like, necessarily bad. It just depends on what they do with it. Yeah, I like Tommy Boy and Black Sheep more than they probably deserve. <laughs> so, um, maybe Black could... Sheep, but Tommy Boy deserves all the praise. <laughs> so, bite me. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's the better of the two. Um, so yeah, I but yeah, like um. I do think they do a good they could do a good job of taking what would seem like not quite enough material for a feature film and kind of fleshing it out a bit. Yeah. With one of the ways they do that is um and this is why I think they put more thought into the screenplay than most people probably realized at first because like it does give you some background on like why um JB Jables is kind of like what motivates him and it all does the same thing for Kyle Gass and it, it goes beyond what's in the show or on the albums or anything yeah but I would say that goes along with formulaic I mean it kind of hits all the the arcs you know kind of like where there's a climax there's a climax where there should be a climax there's a climax I mean okay yeah. um so I mean it's formulaic in that sense where it's kind of like it's a movie it's yeah you know it's a well-crafted movie, but it's, it, it wasn't trying to take any risks. I think the movie itself was a risk enough. That's true. Yeah. So they, they probably didn't want to go too out there. I mean, there's an, their HBO stuff, like their masterworks DVD. It had like one where KG gave birth to a baby out of his butt. <laughs> yeah. It, it, I mean, it, they got really out there, but mm-hmm. I don't think they could do that with this movie because That's they wouldn't true. have been able to given $35 million or whatever it was. And if they had known, it, yeah, if they'd known ahead of time that it was only going to gross like eight million, right? It was going to be a huge bomb. Yeah, they probably would have been riskier. Yeah, because um, yeah. it probably wouldn't have affected the bottom line really. I mean, they, it was still still going to lose money. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's a good point. But I did like those little flashbacks where uh, <laughs> apparently Kyle Gass has been bald since he was like ten or something, <laughs> yeah. and then like KG, uh, he sees all of, like, or uh. Jack Black is being tested by Kyle Gass as uh, like putting him through this like um, rock test. Yeah. Like a audience simulator. Oh yeah. Yeah. uh, Thing where he's got like, he's like throwing dummies set up in the crowd, (laughs) hitting him with beer bottles that are on strings. Lee, Lee, the pizza guy slash fan is sitting in the corner watching him. Yeah. Um, And Kyle's like playing music or uh, he's playing sound bites of people like ridiculing him. Yeah. Yeah. And and <laughs> Jack Black is playing just the most generic garbage on his acoustic guitar, <laughs> yeah. and um, that was actually a well Turn done. Turn a little diamond to a piece of coal. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Um, he's like tenacious D is out of control. <laughs> yeah, like just really, really bad stuff. But um, because he wants part of the plot is he like initially when he meets Kyle Gass he wants to join his band and so, right. um, and that whole dynamic actually I wasn't crazy about how this turned out because it flips that dynamic on its head like really abruptly when he finds out that he's lying about being like a rock star but think about this 
Think about this. Okay. When during that rock training, when he's like training him to be kind of a rock guy, doing the power slides and all that stuff. Yeah. He at one point they get they get stoned and they're watching TV and um, Jack Black tries to change the channel. And KG holds out the remote. He goes, "When you can grab the remote, yes, then you become you're right. the master." You're right. I did notice that. I and just forgot. At that point, when they're arguing, yeah. Jack Black grabs the remote, and now he's the master. That does make sense. Boom. It's, it's a little deeper than yeah. <laughs> than it appears. <laughs> they did. Yeah. I mean, I do appreciate that. That they they tied up the loose ends and yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of made use of the, what they were throwing out there. Yeah, and part of their shtick too is, um. Kyle Gass being a really good guitar player and 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 Jack Black not being a good one and then also um Jack Black being the big Hollywood star right which is why the Rise of the Phoenix album which is awesome um came out in 2012 I think yep. there's Follow that up to pick a destiny yeah there's that whole there's that song in there called the ballad of Hollywood Jack and the Rage Cage <laughs> yeah and it's such a good song um, I say yes, <laughs> I am loved. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, I can't man. I wish I could remember the lyrics right now, but good stuff. They're, they're too. I think they're a little too saucy for this podcast. Yeah, we're trying to keep this kind of PG. Thirteen. So PG thirteen. This podcast ish. is. Yeah. Um, content wise, yeah, we don't. If we were to, we could easily get into some saucier lyrics right if we wanted to <laughs> um it's actually hilarious when they do performances on like david letterman and stuff and they they oh, have yeah. to change the lyrics yeah yeah they just some of the some of the stuff is just hilarious all right so how about some of the other categories we'll go through yeah yeah we'll let's go get... through some of these um other kind of periphery ones yeah 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 uh you want to do cinematography sure okay so i gave it a solid eight um i think it does a good job of the shots i think get bring the most comedic value out of the scenes by like having certain like close-ups at certain times wouldn't that be more of an editing thing it can be i i was i was actually giving an even better score for editing but because i do think it's well done um mm. but i do think i i like how um robert brinkman by the way is the guy who was a cinematographer thank you for that um but i do think it's <laughs> it's just well done it's not like amazing you know yeah yeah yeah, it doesn't blow you away but i agree seven and a half for me okay yeah same kind of feelings yeah it um i just think it it, he lets them do their comedic thing and uh that's all that he really needed to do yeah so there's that um let's see uh set design art direction costumes i gave a seven and a half again uh, I give it the same thing. Actually. Yeah, I just again it was average. It wasn't it did it served its purpose? Yeah, like I said, I really liked the lived-in apartment. I yeah, really, yeah. I really I liked the the museum, which looked like an actual rock museum. I'm not sure where they actually filmed that. Um, yeah, they certainly. I think they certainly built it because they couldn't use the Rock and Roll Hall of right, Fame right. trademark. Right. So they called it the Rock and Roll History Museum. Yeah, <laughs> and they had that. Uh, Guitar Way to Heaven yeah. staircase. That's where the Pick of Destiny was, where there was like all these lasers, and Jack had to... Yeah, Jack had to do his Catherine Zeta-Jones from Entrapment <laughs> thing. Yeah. And uh, he has to do a uh, a groin push-up. 
Yeah, a, gr- <laughs> a groin push-up in the most uh, sensitive way I can say. Right. Um, to press the button to turn off the lasers. Yes. But it all comes back. That's what I mean, that's what I mean about this movie. It's like all of the um, Chekhov's guns that are shown are shot later on. Chekhov's guns? Well, Chekhov's gun is like it, it's the concept that if a gun is shown or talked about in the story or shown in a movie that it has to be used. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. At some point it has to go off. I've heard that. Huh? But like in, in this case, the Chekhov's gun is like, um, cage training him and that training coming in. Handy. Oh, okay. I understand the concept. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 I gotcha. Um, so yeah, again, formulaic, but not, it's not a bad thing that right. they, it, it serves as because like yeah it, it just makes sense like right yeah for for this band right this kind of movie it just makes sense right and it works yeah um and yeah there, there's nothing wrong with just playing by numbers when uh when yeah i mean why mess with a formula that works yeah um so uh post production effects stunts yeah. So I did. I gave it a seven point two on that. I actually I gave it a seven. Yeah, I thought the special effects could, definitely could have been better. Yeah, there's some iffy CGI moments, uh, but again, I think they were kind of because they're just funny. Like when Jack yeah. takes the mushrooms and he says "juicy" and the words come out. It's mm-hmm. very colorful and um, like the when they're when John C. Riley and Jack Black are floating down the Strawberry River, and uh, <laughs> um, it just you could t- obviously tell it's green screen. Yeah. Um, I think that adds to the comedic value in some of those instances. Right. Instances. Sometimes I just wonder what they spent the money on. That's all. (laughs) Right. But uh, yeah, because it's not. I mean, there are moments where I think. Probably all all those cameos. That's true. Yeah. That's probably. Yeah. I mean, geez, there's quite a bit. Yeah. Um, And that probably should have been emphasized more in the marketing. But right. but yeah, it is. Um, there are moments where I feel like it could have it it could have benefited from like better quality effects. Oh yeah. So that's my only gripe with that. But did we talk about editing editing yet? No. Oh, I was okay. about to mention that. Uh, seven and a half for me. I give it a nine. Really? Yeah, and I think my main argument is, I think it doesn't feel long at all, which is good because with this type of movie. <laughs> you don't want it to well i mean it isn't that long it's an hour and 37 right. minutes and it's it, it average length right and it doesn't feel i would say it even feels faster than that um and it does yeah and um i think it just it keeps it keeps it going it doesn't linger too long on anything it doesn't get too wrapped up in its own um ideas it just kind of like keeps it rolling it just th- keeps throwing things at you right and um tries to cram in as many jokes as possible and um it's just really efficiently done sure a very a lot of f- quick cuts yeah um so i just i think that adds a lot to the enjoyment david rennie the editor sorry david <laughs> i just didn't think it was i mean yeah i don't know i'm, I'm kind of bad with editing because it's like in my opinion, good editing, mm-hmm. you don't notice it. Okay. It it makes, because it, it, it makes so much sense, the editing, that you just, it's so natural. You know right. what I mean? Like, it just disappears in the edit. Um, so, 
it's kind of hard for me. Like, fair enough. I think that it, in this one there was maybe too many cuts, like during the car chase scene and it, it, action movies get action scenes in general get like that where they mm-hmm. just get really fast cuts and that are some shots that are just not that necessary. But yeah, maybe I should have raised the score a little bit on that one, but I think seven and a half is fair. I agree. All right, so a uh, real factor. Yeah, let's get into it. All right. Well, um <laughs> usually the real factor we'll explain it. The real factor is our way of influence the, influencing the score based on kind of biases and um nostalgias that we might have for the movie. So if we don't think that <clears throat> certain aspects of the movie are particularly groundbreaking, we can still influence the score a little more because we think that kind of that instinctual feeling about a movie is a little more important than feelings about direction, feelings about acting, feelings about writing, screenplays, all that stuff. Yeah, sometimes there's um, a a sense that you get or a... Um, just something that you like about it where you can't categorize it or put a label on it. But this being Tenacious D. Yeah. And it being... um, Integral to our friendship in some ways. Rocking our socks off. Yes. (laughs) We are foregoing the 10 rule because we think that while the other scores are out of 10, the real factor needs to be more... A little more flexible. A little more flexible. So yeah. in this case, we're going to go with 11. We're going to test it out. We're both giving it an 11. Yeah, because this goes. This movie goes to 11. Yes. And um, it's final tip. And <laughs> so, yeah, we each give this an 11. We are huge Tenacious D fans. This movie is, I mean, it's, it is the Tenacious D movie. It's the only one we've got. And Except for I think it's hilarious. Post Apocalypto, which is uh, yeah, generously really ca- called a movie. <laughs> I don't really count that. <laughs> yeah. um, it's a slideshow, glorified slideshow. <laughs> uh, but it's funny. It's still funny. Um, so, yeah, 11s. Yeah. So that makes my individual score for Tenacious D in the Pick of Destiny an 8.2. Seven 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 seven. Okay, you can just say repeating. Robbie the robot has uh had a bit of a crash. I think got a little bug in his system. Um, so my score is eight point six one repeating. So do you uh do you want to average those up, Rob? Sure. Um, to come up with the real. What was your score? 8.61 repeating? Yes. Um, we have a real score. The only score that matters. The only score that matters of 8.4 repeating. And we should mention also, um, we've got on IMDb, we've got a, a, a score of 6.8, and uh, Metacritic is only 55 and then on the tomato pe- tomato tomato meter, not the tomato Peter, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> we've got a fifty-three, 
from the critics and then audiences uh 67 percent. so yeah. there were enough uh and there's almost a half a million user ratings on that yeah so all the positive uh ratings from fanboys like us managed to push that up to a 67 yeah. <laughs> but i think 8.4 i mean 8.4 repeating obviously is the real score right and i think that i think reflects it, it's a good blending of a score of fans of tenacious d but also fans of film sure and kind of consumers of film it's an underrated film i mean yeah. i'm just going to come right out and say it like even from an objective but what view, i'm saying is 8.4 is fair it's not right. perfect right um as a movie by any means but if you're a fan of this movie see it or if you're i'm sorry if you're a fan of tenacious d see this movie yeah yeah i mean it's um for or what if you it, like comedies yeah for what it is it's about as well done as it, it could have been like right. you, you can tell that they put a lot of effort into making sure that this was actually worthy of i think what they think what they know is is good quality music good quality comedy yeah and um yeah all movie gives it three and a half so that's that's i mean that's pretty good for out a of movie four. out of well it's out of five out of but, five yeah yeah um so i think they probably appreciate a little bit more than some of the other yeah that's a aggregators surprisingly it's a lot higher than i thought it would be yeah um so uh do you want to uh, play a game yeah, we we forgot to te- tease it because we were yeah. uh, so wrapped up in our tenacious D love. We're gonna play almost famous. So play that music, white boy. Almost famous, it's the almost famous game. Almost famous, only on real on reels. All right, almost famous. So uh, Jeremiah and I have uh, come up with three film workers. And uh, it is our job to come up with the four films that show up on that film worker's IMDb page when you go there. Because, so say you go to Tom Hanks's uh, IMDb page, there's going to be four movie posters that show up that exemplify Tom Hanks in a sense. That's what he's best known for, in according to IMDb. So, um, we had we had a rule before, right, about um, years and hints. Yeah, um, if you if you get one wrong, it's a strike, and if you get two strikes, then you can um, ask for the years right. that the movies came out. So it's like a little hint to help and you. You get a point for each one you get right. Right. Okay. All right. Um, how about how about how about we change it up this time? We add we oh. make some new rules here. So it makes a little more sense with the hints and stuff. New rules. New rule. How about um, before the hints are given, each one is worth two points. Oh. And then once the hints are given, they're worth one point. I kind of like that, Rob. Let's do it. So do you have that ledger handy, by the way? The the Real Unreal's game ledger? Uh, geez. Uh, would, you, would you please? Thank, thank you, sir. Yes, I do. What was that? I was asking Jeeves to get the ledger. Oh yeah, thanks Jeeves. He had to um, get up on the ladder. It's it's way up there. I mean, oh yeah. Our library is cavernous. I mean, yeah, it's like the Bat Cave. We're actually geniuses. We just do this for the hell of it. Yeah, we're millionaires. Millionaire playboys. Yeah. So, what what are the what are the current <laughs> scores, sir? Our, our current current scores are forty six and forty with you in the lead. <laughs> All right. 
Would you like to start? Nah. You want me to start? Yeah, you start, Rob. Okay. First one for you, sir. Hit me. Ridley Scott. Ridley Scott. All right. Ridley Scott is known for Blade Runner. That's correct. For directing Blade Runner. So that'll be uh, two? Yep, I'll keep track. You keeping track of the score? Trying to trying to take my job, Rob? What's I'm keeping here? track of the individual one so you can think. Oh, well, thank you. You can write down for each movie. <laughs> um, the other ones would be, one of them is probably Alien. That is incorrect. What? That is one strike. Oh, that's crazy. Okay, Ridley Scott. <sighs> oh, man. Drawing a blank here. Um, he did that Ten Commandments movie, but I don't think. Let me say Prometheus. That is incorrect. Are you kidding me? So that's a second strike. They are now worth two points, or I'm sorry, one point apiece. And your remaining films, the years of the remaining films are, is uh, 2015, 1991, and 2000. 2015, 91, 2000. Okay. Um. See, 2015. Man, I, I think it was one of those alien films, though. Um, was it... Um, oh, man, I can't even think of the titles. I'm going to throw in the towel. I can't think of them. All right. Well, I thought you'd do better on Ridley Scott. The remaining films. The 2015 film is The Martian. Man, I should have known that. The 2000 film is Gladiator. Oh, I didn't even know he did that. Oh, yeah. And uh, 1991 <laughs> is Thelma and Louise. All right. Well, I should know more about Ridley Scott. Well, that's the point of this game. That's Sometimes the the ones that are shown are not the ones you expect. Yeah. Almost famous. Uh, so I get two points? Um. Yes. All right, Rob, I'm going to hit you with your first one. Amy Adams. Amy Adams. I'm going to say Arrival. Yes. Okay. I'm going to say... Hmm. Talladega Nights? Incorrect. Damn. I forgot she was in that. Yeah. Um, She's in a bunch of movies where I'm just like, oh, really? She was in that? <laughs> But yeah, you got uh, you got a rival. Oh, I'm so bad with um, Amy Adams movies. <sighs> Outside of Arrival, I'm like drawing a blank. Um, oh, uh, American Hustle. Ding, ding, ding! Nice. Got another one. Um. Amy Adams. Amy Adams. <laughs> was she in... I'm going to say this. I don't know if she was in this, but I th I'm thinking she was. Um, shoot. What is what? that name of that? Uh, do you have any strikes yet? I don't think you do. I have one strike. Oh, do you? Okay. It's a Talladega Nights. Oh, that's right. That's right. Um, oh, what was that movie? <laughs> shoot. She was in. Oh God. 
Logan? That's not one of them. I'm not sure if she was in that or not. Okay. So strike two. Okay, what are the years? Okay, so your other years are... Oh, I didn't actually write those down, so let me go... Uh, <laughs> let me go grab these real quick. How dare you? I know, right? I should have... Uh, should have had now that. I have to look away from the computer screen while you do this. <laughs> and entertain the audience while you do this. I mean, so it'd be audience. first time. Um... So, okay, your years, mm-hmm. your years for your other films are 2007 and 2008. 2007 and 2008. You can look at the screen now. <laughs> hmm? You can look at the screen. Everything oh, good. Out of the, oh, it's a picture of Amy Adams. Out of you, yes. Um, <laughs> if that helps. It, it does, but not really. <laughs> uh, <bleh>. <laughs> <sighs> I'm going to throw in the towel. All right. So the other two are Enchanted mm. and Doubt. Doubt. Yeah. I would give honorable mention to The Master, oh. which we'll eventually do when we do our PTA series. Yeah. Paul Thomas Anderson. Yeah. And she's also in Man of Steel and lots of others. Okay. Yeah. Maybe that was the movie I was thinking of, Man of Steel. Night at the Museum 2 is another one. Oh, yeah. All right. Hit me with number two, Rob. Number two for you is the one and only Ice Cube. Ice Cube. Uh, wow, that's a terrible one to give me. He's in some great movies. Um, I'm trying to remember even a single one. Um, You've got to be kidding me. I'm not. Um, was he in any Fast and the Furious movie? <laughs> Okay. Wasn't sure about that one. Um I can't even remember. I know I've seen him in a couple. Ice Cube. Oh, is he in he's in that oh he plays with like his family and it's like one of those stupid comedies. It's not RV, but it's kind of like that. Uh, why am I not remembering it? I can't think of a single title. I'm gonna have See to with the years. Yeah, just go go for All it. All right. So the remaining years of the four movies are 1991, 1995, 2000, and 2014. That helps me exactly zero. I can't think wow. of a single one. Sorry. You'd be kicking <laughs> yourself, I think. Um, all right. So 1991 is Boys in the Hood. Okay. Which, I mean, so you haven't seen that? Nope. Oh, my God, Jeremy. <laughs> Jeremiah. Gotta, we got to watch that. Um, 1995, Friday. You've never, you never seen Friday? Nope. Have you heard of it? I've heard of it, yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, five years later, 2000, was next Friday. Sequel to Friday. Oh, okay. And then 2014 was a film called Ride Along with him and Kevin Hart. Oh, okay. I kind of remember Rice that. Ice Cube plays yeah. a cop and Kevin Hart plays like his soon-to-be brother-in-law. Oh, okay. Goes on a ride along. Yeah. I actually saw oh. some of that movie. I haven't watched all of it yet. I saw a clip, clips of it and pretty good. Cool. It's like on TV. Yeah. That was funny. Yeah. I haven't seen any of those movies, so I'm not surprised I didn't get any of those. 
All right, Rob. Your second one is Samuel L. Jackson. We haven't done this one on a previous Almost Famous? I don't think so. All right. Well, I'm going to say Pulp Fiction. Yes. I'm going to say... I'm sure our fans will let us know if we've uh, messed up on that. Revenge of the (laughs) Sith? Oh, interesting, but no, that's not one of them. Strike one. Um, Snakes on a Plane? Correct. Tired of these monkey fighting snakes and this Monday to Friday plane? (laughs) Um, You're giving me two points apiece for those, right? Yes. All right, you're keeping track of that, right? I got it. All right. Uh, Nary a point will be missed. Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson. Um, Say it a couple more times. I'm sure it'll help you. Black Snake Moan? No. Strike two. So the years for Samuel L. Jackson's other two films are 2015 and 1997. 2015, I would probably say Hateful Eight. Yes. Keep bumping that mic. Stop hitting my microphone. Um, 1997. Is it... I have two strikes? Yeah. Yes. Is it Die Hard 3? It is not. Damn. It is Jackie Brown. Oh, okay. So three Tarantino movies on there. Yeah, I was Duh. surprised that there were three Tarantino movies on there, actually. Yeah. But I, I thought Deep Blue Sea would be one of them because the scene where he gets eaten by a shark is just so memorable and <laughs> yeah, awesome yeah. Um, and unexpected. I remember when I was a kid, I was watching, I was a, I was in Little League, so I watched the Little League World Series. And every kid, like, they would always, like, show each kid before the game and, like, show that cool hint or no it's like every, every time they're up to bat they would show like their batting average and then like their favorite movie and like every single <laughs> one of them was deep blue sea really yeah that's it was really hilarious. funny <laughs> and i was like it can't be that good and i i don't know if i ever watched it i think i might have seen it one time when it's, it like first came out i really enjoyed it when it first came yeah. out i'm sure looking back i probably probably wouldn't knock my socks off but yeah. it had ll cool j in it yeah he was a chef um it's, it's not bad. Cool. Yeah. All right. Hit me. Your third actress is the Jodie Foster. The Jodie Foster. The F- Jodie Foster. The Jodie Foster. Okay. So clearly one of them has to be Silence of the Lambs. That's correct. Okay. That is um, correct, Clarice. Is one of them contact? You are correct. Yeah, getting some points. Getting some points. Um, I'm going to have to go with Taxi Driver. Wow, I didn't think you were going to get that one. Yep, <laughs> nice job. <laughs> I, I, I was like, you're not going to get this next one. But I, I was for sure you weren't going to get that one. Like, he didn't know what she was in when she was a kid. 
Okay, so I had uh, that's six points now, right? Yeah. Yeah. Big old, big old six. All right, so um, man, can I sweep it? Can I sweep it? That's the question. You could. Oh, can I sweep Jody Foster? You have to be a real Jody Foster head. Apparently, I am a little bit. She's made some good movies. Uh, Those are yeah, some good yeah, movies. Yeah. Um, Jodie Foster. My um, favorite Jodie Foster movie is not on this list, though. Really? Huh. All right. Well, let me... I guess Silence of the Lambs is my favorite Jodie Foster. Oh, okay. Movie. My second favorite Jodie Foster movie is not on this list. <laughs> Jodie Foster. Okay. Uh, Panic Room. That's my second favorite Jodie Foster movie. Really? And it's not on this list. Oh, strike <laughs> so that's one. Right one. Strike one. That's another Jared Leto film, too. Yeah, yeah, he's in that. Forrest yep. Whitaker. That's a great... Uh, I remember when I first uh, rented that movie. Kristen when it first Stewart? Came out. Yeah. Um, Before she was big? Yeah, yeah, and... It's good. That's a great film. Just uh, Jared Leto is really annoying, just, but it's a well-done oh, yeah, film. Yeah, just a awesome suspense film. Yeah, agreed. Um, Okay. Maybe the year will help me. Jodie Foster. It's it's there. I know it's there. Um, all right, give me the year. I'll take a second. It straight. is nineteen eighty-eight. Nineteen eighty-eight. Oh man! I'll give you a little more of a reference. A little little bit more of a hint. Taxi Driver was nineteen seventy-six. Right. Just to give you a little frame of time. Frame of reference, yeah. So she was about 24 when that, when, in 1988. Um, man, it's like right there. Right there, right there in my noggin somewhere. Floating around. I'm going to try and grab it. No time limit for this game, so I could I could really <laughs> theoretically this could go on forever. I could really stretch this one out. Yeah. Um I feel like it's one where she's dressed like all like formally or it's like a more of a period piece type thing, but Yeah, I'm gonna throw in the towel. I'm not gonna All right. It is the accused. The accused, of course. The yes, accused. The accused. Uh, I was way off with the period piece thing, but yeah. yeah. <sighs> the accused, I should have known. Yep. Dang it. Dang it. Okay. I'm a Jodie Foster fan. She's good. But Panic Room, oh. Yeah. What a, we got to talk about that one sometime because I think that's another one that kind of was underrated. It's underrated, yeah, yeah. 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 Dwight Yoakam in that movie. He's a country star. Oh, country does, singer. does he play the husband? Or No, he is one of the thieves. He's like the scumbag. Oh, one. that's right. He's like yeah. the real nasty one. Yeah, he's like the one that just wants to kill him. Um but you know he's in Sling Blade too. He plays the the, the stepfather oh, of okay. that little boy in that movie. Dwight Yoakam's a he plays an amazing scumbag. Like of, <laughs> if you want a scumbag in your movie, quit Dwight Dwight Yoakam. <laughs> yeah, I can't disagree with that. Well, Rob, I think that about. Do I have one more? Does it? Oh man, I always do this. Always trying to always trying to cut you off because you, you, you just got, don't want me. You got enough points. No. <laughs> I don't. All right, Rob. All right, Rob. So your last one here is Charlize Theron. Charlize Theron. Yeah, okay. sure. <laughs> uh, Mad Max Fury Road. Correct. And you must give me the hint. Are any of these TV shows? Oh, because she was in Arrested Development. No, that's not okay. one of them. Um, 
monster. Correct. Um, I made these too easy. <laughs> well, not necessarily. I'm not too well versed on her films. Mm. Um, I think this this game shows some of the shows that in some ways your trivia knowledge is a little better than mine. I think, but I mean that's also kind of random because you never know who's going to be chosen. Right. So. <laughs> Um, oh gosh well I'm gonna say District 9 I don't think she was was she in that I don't know she was not okay you know what she's from South Africa so that's (laughs) That's, probably why (laughs) that's the only reason why I was like okay I don't even know if she's in that but I'm gonna make the connection hey not a bad guess yeah um. Oh my God! What was she in? <laughs> it's one of those ones that seems like it should be easier, but right. I know I'm gonna kick myself on some of these. Mm-hmm. Give me the years. Okay, so 2012 and 2017. Oh, uh, what was that one that she was just in? <laughs> Platinum Blonde. Is that what it's called? Hot blonde. Um, I will be nice and give you that one. It's actually Atomic Blonde. Atomic. Don't give it to me. That was not it. Okay. If you want to, if you want to be a do little, not give it. A do tougher, not tougher on yourself. That's fine. Yeah. But but yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Um, okay. Oh gosh. I'm gonna throw in the towel. Don't know. The other one was Snow White and the Huntsman. Oh, okay. Yep. All right. So that concludes the newest edition of Almost Famous. And? And this current score standings have Rob at 60 points. Ooh. Added 14 to your score in this one. Hey, now. (laughs) Um, I added 8 to my score, so I'm at 48. Nice. Dragon behind. Dragon behind, hmm. which means I'm gonna burn you next time. Because <laughs> it's a dragon. <sighs> Gotta have at least one of those in every episode, folks. Womp womp. All right. Well, <laughs> uh, so this has been real on reels. Do you have anything else you want to talk about? Tenacious D is the greatest band in the world. They asked us not to read that, but we did anyway. Can't help it. Because they're awesome. I'm a um, truth teller, Rob. Yeah, you're a truther. That's what I do. You're a tenacious D truther. Yes. Those people, like some people will pick it about like 9-11 and fuel, jet fuel and steel beams and stuff. But you'll pick it out there and be like, Lizard tenacious people. D. Yeah. yeah. It's so, not a conspiracy theory, man. Um, if you'd like to contact us. The truth. We're on Facebook. Get informed. Twitter. At Real on Reels. Um, you can find us at Gmail if you want to write us on Gmail. Uh, Real Dio on Reels official. Has rocked at for gmail.com. A long, com. long time. Um, now it is time for him to pass the torch. Send us your movie suggestions. What's that? I said send us your movie suggestions. Yes, please do. <laughs> and uh, your criticisms and your. Yeah, we, we like feedback. Even if it's negative, I mean. We yeah. don't care. 
Yeah, we we'll know take, we know we're bad at this. We'll take it in stride. We we know, <laughs> we know we're not good at what we're doing right now. So we need we need help. We need feedback. So, um, this is a this is a plea. Yeah, you, you're not going to give us any new information by telling us we suck. Right. We we know it. Um, just kidding. We are the greatest podcasters that have ever lived, and that's why we're cool with just poking fun at ourselves being self-deprecating sure yeah because we're just that confident yeah. um but yeah is that it is that it for us today i think that's it rob we'll uh we're not sure what movie we're doing yet next yes uh, yes we do y'all will know oh yes, what, we do. do we oh do we decide because it's my pick next time oh okay well this is in your hands then so the next movie so you can blame him when it sucks is ed and his dead mother oh Steve and his dead mother, not Ed in his dead mother, because that would just be oh, a completely different movie. So, <laughs> unlike this movie, Tenacious D in the Pick of Destiny, it's Ed and his dead mother. Yes. All right. All right. So, uh, enough for uh, incestual necrophiliac jokes. Um, so you had to just yeah, just to go put that out there, huh? Just yep. Make it. Make it obvious. Yep. Instead of just implying things. Yep. Because like, that's my life. Oh, nice Neil Hamburger reference. You saved it. You saved it. I love that guy. All right, everybody. <laughs> he was in Tenacious D in the Pick of Destiny. I know, but that wasn't Neil Hamburger. That was a guy impersonating him. Oh, okay. You sure? It, I, this, yeah. I don't remember the guy's name, but it wasn't uh, but, It wasn't. Actually. I mean, there's not, a, there's not a guy named Neil Hamburger. It's a guy playing him. Yeah. Oh, man. You just kind of screwed with my mind. I think I might have messed up on that one. That might actually be, hmm, because I didn't think it was him when I was watching the movie. I'm like, oh, that's. I don't think that's actually Neil, because I've seen him live. So wait, you thought there I was could a, be wrong. You thought there was a person walking around named Neil Hamburger? No, I thought that there was a guy in the movie playing pretending. So to you be thought the Neil movie Hamburger? that was full of cameos of comedians. <laughs> Had a Neil Hamburger impersonator. Ladies and gentlemen, this is my my overthinking at its finest. My overanalysis. Oh, boy. And that's my life. (laughs) Yep. All right. Have a a good one, guys. (laughs) We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. My kielbasa sausage has just got to perform. Now forget it, it all. I need to not. I love you, baby. But all I can think about is <laughs> Dianetics. Your butt cheeks is warm. I check my dipstick. You need lubrication, honey. My kielbasa sausage has just got to perform. Now get it on. Dude, I totally miss you. I really fucking miss you. 
I'm all alone all the time, all, all the, the time. time. Dude, I totally miss you. The things we did together. Where have you gone? Totally miss the honesty. In special times and honestly. I totally miss the fucked up thing you do. We should do some more. We should we just keep it rolling, baby. Um, Cause it's the pick of destiny, child, and know it will be rocking. Cause it's fucking insane. Cause it's the pick of destiny, child. No, it's grooves are better than a chicken chow mein. <laughs> and cocker push-ups in the power slide. This is a song called The History of Tenacious D. <laughs> we ride with kings on mighty steeds across, across the devil's plain. We've walked with Jesus and his cross. He, he did, did not die, die in vain, no! Kyle's fingers be silver. Jack's voice then be gold. But lest you think we're vain. We know you're all robots but and we, we don't care. care. Tenacious D, we, we reign! reign. We reign supreme, oh God! Burrito supreme, and a chicken supreme, and a color supreme, supreme. Go now, go one, two, three. Supreme! And I cut the Supreme! Supreme!